Hello everybody, welcome back to episode 10, our final episode of season 1 of Driving to Pretoria. My guest on this episode hails from the one-horse town of Ladysmith in KwaZulu-Natal. Ladysmith, of course, named after Juana Maria de los Dolores de Leon Smith, aka Lady Smith, the Spanish wife of former governor of the Cape Colony, Sir Harry Smith. Did I mention I like sprouting obscure pieces of history? I do. According to my guest, Ladysmith is also the perfect place to bury a dead body. In fact, the town is as dead as the dead buried bodies. They talk about people being multi-talented and this guy is exponentially talented. He is a two-time Fleur de Cup Theatre Award winner. He's a contemporary African tap, jazz, hip-hop and ballet dancer. He sings as an alto and mezzo but sounds like a baritone. He's an acoustic guitarist, a drummer, a phenomenal beatboxer and he's got the capacity to create songs out of anything. You have to listen to his new EP. It's called VNLN. VN stands for voice note. I don't know what LN stands for but it's called VNLN part one. Look him up. Um... TV star of Comedy Central's Laugh in Your Language and Showmax's Black Tax. He's a former writer, puppeteer, and voiceover artist on the Emmy Award-nominated show. Zan News, he's the star of the musicals Orpheus in Africa, District 6, Kanala, King Kong, and Snow White. He's also a former personal trainer, youth pastor, chess prodigy, and church organ player. He's not Catholic, so he never played with the bishop's organ just the, the organ organ in case you're wondering about his physical attributes he is 1.7 meters tall with a 34 waist and a shoe size of 9 uh, I found that on his agent's website he also has a very attractive nose single people of all sexual orientations don't get any ideas he is engaged to the beautiful Natasha they have a magnificent son Shay who much to his father's horror refuses to speak Zulu he is Ladysmith's best export since salted butter, black mambazo, and Lady Juana Maria de los Dolores de Leon Smith. Please enjoy the sparkling, warm-hearted genius of my beautiful friend, Seneliso Sneglada. It's not Sne, it's Sne. Welcome to the podcast. On the show with me today, I have an extremely talented man. He is comedian, actor, musician. They call him the people's producer. Okay. He calls himself the people's producer. Well. My very good friend. <laughs> yes. It is none other than Seneliso Sne Gladla, a man who I have not seen in the flesh. We were trying to work it out earlier. It's probably two years now. It could be two years, but it is pandemic time. So it mm. could be two weeks, but it feels like yeah, two yeah. years. That's true. We don't know. But I think it was perhaps the last show I did at that venue in Joburg. You opened for me, maybe? In Krugersdorp, the casino. The casino. Mm. Could it have been there? Yes. 
Yes, it was actually. That would have been 2019. What? And probably that's probably like the top of the year as well. I don't know, but we were doing that weird show in the casino. <laughs> ah, it's always fun to look back. That audience was very interesting that night. Also, very like very the venue. Do you remember we got there and I was like, oh, how do I make this stage look interesting? And I stole plants from around the hotel and put a couch on there. But it worked. It did work. It worked, yeah. It wasn't also half red. And you were great it? as well. You were kind of, you were, you were doing some tunes and... Is that the correct terminology? I don't think that's right. I don't even know what it Doing is yet. Doing some tunes. Yeah. What would the young, what would the youth say? You were... The youth. Yeah. Playing some jams. Hitting some tracks. Are you a... When were you born? I was born in 1990. 1990. Does that yeah. make you a millennial? Yes, I am a millennial, apparently. Because there's a new category they just announced, which is if you're born between 80 and 85, you are a geriatric millennial. Geriatric millennial, but you're a proper millennial. So what would the millennials say? You were, you were, yeah, hitting them beats, laying hitting down, them laying beats. them tracks. He was hitting them beats That's as the Afrikaans people of the West Rand <laughs> came into the venue, and then he was talking to them as he was hitting those beats. He was hitting a few punchlines. Oh, it was difficult at first, eh? Because I could see, I was like, no, they, they got they're not it, feeling yeah. it at first. But yeah, they got into it. I don't think some of those people had ever been hit by beats. Some of those tannies, had ne- <laughs> they'd been hit by their husbands, but not by beats. Wow. That's a, that's a, not even a warning, Nick. We're not going even straight a warning. There. We went straight in. Um, Snare, it's so great to see you. I can't believe you, you are here in my house. I think the last time we you were in here, my kids probably sang their favorite song for you from the show. A bastardized version of the song you sang in the Sugarbush Lines. What was it? Florence and Watson. Florence and Watson. Yeah. A show by a director by Rob Van Fieren. Rob, yeah, yeah. And that's and really you cool. You sang. Song. I can't even remember what the original version was. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll ever. Even if I do remind you, I think no. it'll pollinate officially. It was actually <laughs> pollinate. Pollinate. Do you know, at the Pardon same time, Nate. it hurts me at the same time because I go, that it means that Deed and I weren't clear <laughs> <laughs> with articulation if you heard no, Bolognese. You were very clear, but my kids decided it was Bolognese. Which is fantastic. They committed. So the entire time we're doing a show about pollinating and they're like, we need to Bolognese the flowers. Yeah. And that was it. Bolognese. <laughs> how have you been? It's been uh, how many months of the pandemic? March 2020. March we are now in. June. June. Soon. This is the first of June. Is it the first of June? I think so. Is it? No, 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 no. Oh. It is thirty first of May tomorrow. The first oh, I'm of June. Myself. Wow, it's been what 14, 14 months of this. Yeah, fourteen months. Yeah, it's today's the three hundred and eleventy seventy sixth day. Eleventy <laughs> seventy <1176. laughs> tendencies. Uh, man, I'm I'm good. Things are coming together. It's been a rough though. Rough, rough, rough journey also as an artist because also comedy is not my only steez. So trying to find other ways yeah. to bring that income in and stay relevant and still also, you know, move with the times. That whole digital vibe has been something else. Because oh, we also did a, a couple of live We did some together. Instagram live things when I was, when I was yeah. doing that. Oof, the worst is when you, when was it's the morning? Like seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, like, the morning Can you be were... up at seven o'clock in the morning? It's like, yeah. yeah and you yeah. like, You'd already like ba- like sent your kid off to Durban to, oh, your, to your parents. Yeah, that was rough. How long was he gone for? Five months, watching my kid grow from afar. Shay, right? Yeah, this is the crazy part. How old was part. he when he left? He was 
He was, this was last year. He was two. Yeah, it was the beginning of lockdown or what? Yeah, in the beginning of lockdown, we, we sent him off there to see our parents. And the crazy thing is I said, I, I agreed to it, hoping that if we get to Petermansburg in KwaZulu, he would learn Nata, his mother He came back more English than ever. Really? I was furious. What did you say to your mom? Huh? My mom was like, but you must understand, baby, Uguti, your, your niece, she can't understand Zulu, so we had to just choose English so they can both understand. And when he came back, I'm like, Sabona boy. He's like, hello, daddy. And I'm going, this is not what we practiced for the past two years, you and I. So yes. now his Zulu is atrocious, but he understands, but he speaks Zulu in English, like accent, and it really? grates me. What does he say? He'll say to me, I'm like, like just saying Sabona, go, Sabona boy. He goes, Sabona. I'm like, you can't. I'm like, okay, let's start with something simple like a sock. In Zulu, a sock is isogisi. So I say, isogisi. He goes, isogisi. And I go, isogisi. Listen to my inflection. Isogisi. And I go, boy, isogisi. That is half an hour of doing that, just speaking about a sock. Do you know what's interesting about the word sock is that it it tells an interesting story of colonialism because... Uh, Zulus in KwaZulu-Natal, of course, Natal being the last British outpost, mm-hmm. you guys chose the anglicized, uh, the English word for sock and Zulu-fied it. Yes. And Kossos chose the Afrikaans word. That's true, but it also depends on which Ikausi. word. Yeah, Ikaus. Yeah. Because also for us, a knife in Zulu, well, it's not the actual word. It's because it's coming from mess. Imesi. Umese. Yeah, Kossos, Imesi. But apparently the actual word is umnomo uh-huh. for a knife. I've never used it in my life. Umnomo means the thing that separates or the thing that cuts. Right. Literally the translation. You know, what thing I remember yesterday was when I was doing third language casa from standard six to matric, we used to write these very short essays of like a hundred words, hundred and fifty words. Mm. And obviously as a teenager you're just trying to find a shortcut so that you, you don't have to and I realized that I could find closer words because there was no translation for certain things. Mm. The word would be 12 words long. <laughs> yes. So every single one of my closer essays included a reference to the game of squash. Uh. And in the closer dictionary, the word for squash is, and then you've got 12 words of your hundred already. And that's the damn problem sometimes. It's just like the kind of blue. You can't yeah. say there's no such thing as yeah. blue. Because uh, in, in, in Zulu, it's um, yes, so yes, you're saying yes, yes. it is Same. this color like the sky. Or the grass. Yes, and then if you're going to say green, yeah. then you say mm-hmm. it's that color that's like green. I've got no time to tell you that. If, if I go, please pass me the green pencil. Lord, no, we don't have time. Can we move? I feel like your son has figured that out already. He mustn't figure it out. Or he knows exactly how to pronounce things and he has found a way to get to you. He does. Yeah. I think it's his weapon of choice to get what he wants. Hmm. Daddy, I like cereal. And I say to him, say it in Zulu. Then he goes, Baba, tell her. I'm like, you can't say ooh, ooh's a person. Yes. So I have to say e, but he refuses. Yes. But I'm like, screw it, close enough. Because that, he's sounding like, um, like my mom, basically, when she gets to the petrol station. <laughs> Galela petrol? <laughs> 97. Ooh, 97. 
<laughs> Actually, that part is good, right? Um, because numbers have an O in front of them. Mm. But that's also the rule in Vernac. Just add an I and it becomes vernacified. Yes. E-table, e-laptop, e-shoes, e-camera. I have issues. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it now. You're too old for this. Have you done any comedy? Have you gotten back on stage? Not a chance. I'm actually closing that chapter now. Are you done with comedy? Uh, Is this the... I'm not done with comedy. I'm probably done with stand-up. With stand-up? Yeah. what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. It's because I've... So this is a public announcement. I don't know if you've made this public. No, it's okay. It doesn't change anything for me. (laughs) It's not like the world will go, no, we lost there. I will. Will we? No. Uh, I'm not done with comedy. I'm done with stand-up. No, obviously. I mean, look, uh, did you see we gave you pride of place there? Thank you. Uh, today and I still feel a little bit bad because I think I strong-armed you into calling your show Icamilio. Did I? I think you wanted to call thing. it something else. The I was thinking of saying um, what was the title? What, what? It was originally going to be sell out. It was sell out, and before that was um, how far we've come. I think something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not a negative. It was but a good I show. Still I still think back to that show and I love that show. It's going to come back. And particularly, and I don't know if you'd be willing to do this because you mentioned your mom earlier and you did such a great impression of your mom. Can hmm. you just do a little bit of that bit of your mom living her best life? I forget what the context oh, was. Oh, that's, that's okay. I need to reverse because I know exactly which guy you're talking about. I need to think about oh, the setup. I forget of the setup of it. It yeah. was like... The, the, the setup was, uh, <laughs> I'm here to break stereotypes, that there's a common stereotype that all people of color steal, right. as if it's part of our culture. Like yeah. naturally, in order for me to become a man, as a rite of passage, I need to go steal something. So like today I steal this microphone and then I run back home and I tell my mom and I call her. And then it begins with my mom's chilling at home. She's cleaning. Okay, but you can't actually steal that microphone because it belongs to Milan. Yes. And you've already like. But I for the like purpose of this podcast. you've done enough damage to Milan already. Like he <laughs> asked you to produce that track one time and you never responded. And then he posted something for you on Instagram and then he followed you and then you never followed him back. So if you steal his microphone on top of all of that, it's going to destroy him. This, this this lie has so much truth in it that I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that. <laughs> I, I can't. Is this, is this for real? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay, we got to chat. Uh, this is a... This is a... I think we should draw two circles now. <laughs> <laughs> and go, this is what, what this happened? means. And, uh, and what, what is what the I story can, Milan yeah, what's the, created about? Okay, so continue, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so, so she's chilling at home. And the whole thought process is that when moms are busy cleaning at home, they usually sing songs that they don't know the lyrics to. Yes. But they sing it anyway. So my mom was chilling and singing the song. And that song she was singing is bulletproof. I'm bulletproof, nothing to. And then I found her once. But for me. But wait, this is worse. This is worse. She was singing a song, another song the other day, which is cleaning. It's a Christian song. Yes. Written, I think, by Hillsong. And the lyrics are, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. Yes. And I walked into her like dusting, 
the room divider situation and she was going let it rain open the gates of september and she was committing and i'm going mama <laughs> mama it's heaven it's heaven so yeah, anyway the cat continues to yes. say that i now interrupt her while she's busy singing that song and she hears and she runs over and she goes oh goodness i've got a phone call and she ran to the phone she goes hello i'm like hello mama it's me who's this it's me mama who is this mama it is me who is this mama look at your caller id why do you want my id document mama i said it's me Usne. oh hello baby oh what is happening what's going on what's happening on the shizzy i go okay <laughs> mama that your mom is cool no she's never because <laughs> you know <laughs> you know you must yeah. just flavor yeah Uh, and she asks she goes hey, okay people what's going on I go mama I've got something to tell you she goes oh Jesus of Nazareth suddenly so what have you done this time I go no mama calm down it's good news it's good news okay baby tell me what happened today mm-hmm. I stole my first item and she yelled at oh my goodness my boy is finally a man he has stolen something hold on I'm going to go tell your father he runs over because baby what did our son do this time no calm down it is good news it is good 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 news okay Our son. He did what? Our son. He did what? Our son. He did what? Our son. <laughs> he stole his first item. He goes, "Our son stole his first item." Ah, he stole his first item. He stole his first item. He's finally a thief now. We and then it continues on a long journey. If I continue this gag, it is long. Which actually led me to believe, not led me to believe, I realized I can't write short gags. They're well, I think stories. it's like, uh, and there are some people I've seen it with, with over the last 20 years, I've seen people come in and out of stand up mm. and, and some people who it was like trying to fit uh, a, a round peg, a square peg. What was that thing? <laughs> well, some squares are kind of a square, square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that was kind of the experience for years. Like, uh, I just, I mean, yeah. I don't know. What was it? It, it feels like... Uh, I really don't want to be in a space where you pay 10 rand entrance and you tell me my material is not good. Right. I don't have time for that to walk into a room and you're going, "I bring the other comic on you." I'm I'm not willing to waste my time. Well, I think audience. that you know what people may not know about about you is um how do I say this? Well, just like how freaking talented you are. I mean, oh, I you. I I don't know when we actually met, but I think I'd already watched you in a musical. You were in how many David Cameron musicals were you? Sure. Quite a few. I think I did two or three. I don't remember. And there was one which was off was it Orpheus or the one about the uh wasn't Orpheus. It was about the traveling minstrels that came over from America. What was that? No, yeah, yeah, it was Orpheus. It was Orpheus. Yeah, it was Orpheus. And you just like totally stole that show um, comedically, acting-wise, but musically as well. Mm, and that was, was a fun like, show. Holy shit. So like I can get like that stand-up doesn't, it doesn't give people the full window into what, what you're capable of. Mm. And it's interesting also that you say that because I had to fight that battle um song of comedy because people were like Snape be careful of all this other stuff that's not stand up it will be a crutch in future. And then that's when I went through like a rough time of comedy for two years because I didn't know what my identity was anymore in terms of comedy. Try yeah. to find that. And I find for myself that what comedy works out like as for myself is it it I want to show you the comedy. I want to put you in the context. I don't want to tell you the joke. 
Um, hence why I liked doing the act house and doing the music yes. because then I put you in the world that I was in so we can laugh about it in the world. Yeah. And that's where my strength lies. Um, so I think that's where I find my voice is that also within going to comedy club or like armchair, for example, I can't be pulling through to do a whole act out when the space is not convenient for what I want to do yes. to take the people on those journeys. And I think that's, yeah, that's why I, I'm saying stand up is no longer the thing I'm doing. Because I don't think I really ever did stand up, would I say? Well, you did, but it was somehow you had to compromise. Yeah, you had mm. to give people a sliver of what you really wanted to give them. Mm. And it's worse now. That's why with the live, I can't do it. Trying to do an act out, like on a live camera. Yes. Like I had to do a MC gig on a... <laughs> I had to do it on a Zoom call. They were like, we're going to do an event where we just want you to just MC and present. And then just in between, this is a break. Can you just do some comedy for us? Um, just five to ten minutes. And all my gags are very animated. So when everything's contained on the screen and I'm trying to do a gag and playing a character, and then people are just like, what the hell is going on? It just didn't translate versus Did they the say space. what the hell is going on? No, you could see their eyes screamed. Were they muted? They were muted. And so, I saw a lot of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful. Um, maybe you haven't done enough of them. Because you get those ones, but then you also <laughs> no. get them. This, this, is a, this is a drug situation. It's like, right. have you tried? like if you have bad drugs and you trip badly, you don't have enough. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I wanted to ask you about working with David Karma because we both had... Some oh, experience of working oh, with David Cromer. David Cromer. And your David Cromer impression oh, yes, is one just, of my favorites. He's very, uh, you, know, you know, Nick, I just I came to see a show last week and I thought, I, you know, back in my day when, when, we, when we went on stage, it was a whole presentation and you had to really perform for the audience. Don't you swear too much. Don't you swear in your show. Just push the, the energy out into the audience. Hit the back. Just hit the back. And look up. You see the lights there in the yeah. middle. Just look there. And and, 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 and and what's important is just to focus your energy on, on the it's great just you know, just you, I will talk after the show <laughs> then like we never know if the conversation is over because he stands yes he but you know it's over when he leaves he doesn't end it he just yeah then exits we go okay <laughs> I heard nothing and I don't know what just happened, but I believe it was a note for tomorrow. So yeah. I must change something. What it is, I'll figure it out on stage because I heard nothing. There was many of the cases with Crumb. I love him too bits, but I just couldn't understand him for two years. <laughs> I really could not. I don't know what your experience was with Crumb. Yeah, I mean, because we, we understood nothing about musicals when we were doing Three Wise Men. Yeah. So, so he, he like you know, created the, the vehicle and the the packaging for for a whole show that we uh, were this was like Greek to us, like how you do this and there's a band and then you thing and so it was cool from that point of view. I mean there were like a couple of sessions of like David like, okay, talk to me about your stand up and then he would suggest some things and Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. basically he just left us to our own but the sketches were cool as well. He did have some some nice suggestions in terms of blocking things. Because again, mm. we're all stand-ups. Apart from Mark. Mark obviously had a whole theatrical mm. vibe to his stuff. 
Mm. But um, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun with that. He'd come along. He wouldn't actually come to every show, obviously. We were yeah. doing like seven week runs. He would he would be there for the first week or whatever. And then he would just drop by unexpectedly. Always with and a would, glass of wine. Yeah, with a glass of wine. And he'd come backstage and go, how's my little investment? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be watching tonight. Just have a, have a good show. How did, do you remember how we met? How we met? Yeah. Uh, wow. That's actually, that's interesting. I have no memory. It Me just neither. feels like we've just, we've just been together. Yes. For, well, could have been Zanius, but it couldn't have been Zanius because it would have had to be a situation well, before. I think that there was a show. I think it was possibly what the EFF were you mm. open for me for, a period of time. Yeah. For this was run. it the whole run? Was for the whole Baxter run. Yes. Yeah. So we must admit, like, just before that or something. Hmm. That was I'm, probably 2014 or something like that. Because I'm thinking we probably did a, a gig together. And then we just happened to be um, working at Zar News together. Doing jobs there. Zar News, yes. Talk to us about Zen News. Mm. What was that? What was that all about for people who know nothing about that? Like Kyla in Vancouver. Ooh, I feel like uh, I still need to work through some stuff about Zanius. What do you need to work through? Ah, Zanius was was a great time, but also just a, a horrible time where ideas came to die and where you saw a fantastic vision die in front of you because you had no control over it. Was that because you were coming up with ideas and suggesting them and they weren't yeah, no, as a company, we did. We'd often speak about things and also... No, wait a second, because I was there, but I was just kind of coming in to do... I mean, I got frustrated, I think, because I wanted to make things funnier. Yes, and I think that was a problem. But were you involved from a puppeteering point of view or not? Puppeteering, voiceover, and then for a month, I wrote for them as well. So for people that don't know what uh, the news was, it was based on a British... Uh, oh, French. Satirical French. French, French yeah, originally French called Le, Le, Le Guignol. Or something. Yes, Le Guignol. yeah. Guignol. And that became spitting image in Britain in the 80s. Uh, satirical, brilliant show with mm. puppets of politicians and celebrities and other people. Mm. So you come in originally as a puppeteer. Yeah. Then they discover your They're like, abilities. Oh, you, you can do voices as well. do voices. Great, let's bring them over. Yes. They're like, oh, he also does comedy. Maybe you should write as well. Right. Yeah. And I think that was a problem because for me, my always with shows like that, my first point is let's get the funny first. Um, then tie the message in. Let's not try. Yeah. Do it the same time. It never works because then it becomes preachy and we're trying to make this funny, but also we're educating you rather capture your audience, make it unbelievably hilarious and then tie in the message. Who's the favorite character that you, your favorite character you played on that? Um, Yo, it was probably, was it Musi? Musi Mamana. Yeah. Musi Mamani, I'd, I'd enjoy quite a bit. Didn't enjoy Justice because I never nailed Justice. Can you please uh, record, uh, I believe it is Musi Mamana's uh, 41st birthday on Friday. Wow. Let me take this time to practice quickly a voice I haven't done in how many years? I'm just finding a clip of Musi yeah, Okay, I'm just before seeing. Nick puts me here. Musi Maimane's 41st birthday is coming up this Sunday. Is it? Yeah. He actually came to watch a, 
a panther show in Joburg and we were told last minute, like most of my man is in the audience, so we had to like develop a quick concept just to give him a nod. So I was like, okay, Desmond, listen, um, you can say Moose is in the audience. Okay, and Moose then, is in the audience. <laughs> well, not Desmond. <laughs> Desmond <laughs> Dubé. <laughs> can you imagine if we are, we're doing a panto with Desmond? <laughs> we want to do a comedy show with him. A pantomime. I'm going to get you. So, guys, I've just uh, forgotten the lyrics. What, 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 I, uh, what is the choreography on this one? <laughs> I can't. Why are you sweating? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Yo! No, I would not survive if Desmond was on we stage. Did a, we did it, we did it, like it was like one of those funny festival gigs. <sighs> and Eddie Kassar said to us one night, uh, I've got Desmond Tutu to do five minutes of comedy. Or, or, or I've asked him to do some comedy to open the festival or something. And um, it was terrible. He <laughs> tried to tell jokes. Of course it wouldn't work. I think people also need to stop doing this thing of just because someone's likable, let's put them in yeah. a situation. I actually remember one of the jokes was he was like, I was doing a... I think it was a, a, an event in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Boston. No, it was Philadelphia. And this lady came up to me, greeted me very warmly. <laughs> Hello, Archbishop Mandela. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder as well if people like who watched on using Solar Puppet, if they knew that it was you doing their voiceover. Well, actually, that was the time we went to... Remember we did that thing where we used to take the puppet to try and meet the person? Mm, so yeah. that was when we took his puppet to meet him. And he was... And what so did, I was standing behind the puppet. And he was saying things like, he's got a very big nose. <laughs> of course. And he didn't... like. But this is my thing. It's like, if I saw... Oh, God forbid, I wouldn't want that. If there was a puppet of me yeah. and then someone was doing a voiceover... I would be like struck if I find like, for instance, you were doing the voiceover. Yeah. I would obviously expect a black person to be doing it. Correct. Because I'd be like, no, only because we're like, you probably nail it knowing the nuances, but then you knew the nuances like down to the T. Well, we've had this discussion a lot. So is it, would, would I be cancelled in certain circles for, for doing the, the tutu voice? Oh gosh. Um, Even this cancel culture thing for me annoys me, but okay, it is what it is. Specific moments, it makes sense, yes. but majority of the time I'm going, come on, like, situation. I'm going, Where that has it? nothing to do with this job from Expresso. Uh, what Cat did has nothing to do oh, with right, this job. Oh, right, 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 right. I was thinking, did Cat do a voice? A voice over for, <laughs> for Expresso. Was he, did he do a black song? And people were like, oh my God, he's black. Like, Cat, Cat, but you not know. <laughs> Aren't you... <laughs> Yeah, man. But like, I don't think it'd ever be you cancel because my thing is that you understand the people, you understand their history and the context, and you're not mocking the individual. Um, the situation's always hilarious for me. So we're laughing at the situation and not laughing at the individual. 
So people need to have that understanding. It, I always thought it was more about are we laughing at the group? Like if it's an individual person, like a Desmond Tutu, for example. But if it's if if we're doing a joke that's a generic accent that makes black people sound stupid, then obviously we have a problem. Whatever that guy's name is in Australia. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's it's we're not. But I look back. Individual, and that's the issue. I mean, but. I look back and and uh, some of I go back to old material. And I'm like, oh, I've done Ooh. that. Ooh, I think we all have that material. You like, was there a time? Mm. There's once, oh man, there's a really horrible gag that I once was trying out. I I don't know to date why I even thought that could be remotely funny. What was it? What was the subject? Oh Lord, it was, um, <laughs> I was like, parents need to take pride in teaching their kids about sex. They should do it early, just get them ready. And yes. be like, Shay, come on, when you... You'll be a good fucker, you. Come on, you can do it, boy. You fuck that girl. And, yeah. and no, that's where it ended. Oh, that was it? Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. think about it and I go, so what in the hell <laughs> was yeah. I... What was the funny in well, that at that time? I mean, it was a good premise because we should prepare our kids. Have you had the conversations with him? How old is he now? Oh, he's going to be four. He's going to be four. Yeah, yeah. We have, I mean, four is a little bit young. But Ben was six when we... Because Sophie, his sister, was born when he was... Five. Mm. Uh, no? Six. I don't know. So he was like, where do babies come from? And then I had to explain, well, there's the egg and the seed. And then uh, the dad gives the mom the seed. And and he was like, and then does she eat it? <laughs> and I had to be like, no, no, that's that's what the dad would love to happen. But this is not a fairy tale. Oof. <clears throat> and then I go and clear my throat straight up. <clears throat> And then he was like, well, when did this happen? And I was like, oh, just like eight months ago. And he was like, when's it going to happen again? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, my birthday or Christmas, whichever comes first. And then he was like, but we don't celebrate Christmas. And I was like, oh, no, okay, we, well. <laughs> we, need another, we need another chance. And maybe that's why, maybe that's another example of terrible material at the time we thought was good. That's actually interesting that you say, because that's very gentle and nice. My experience was very hectic learning about birds and bees. Really? Because my dad works in a hospital. My, oh, my dad had a, a little, like, what you call it? A uh, man for drawing on a whiteboard. Whiteboard? Yeah. And Did he then, give you, like, a... He drew. Woo! <laughs> He's like, so a man has a penis. We sat there in the lounge. A man has a penis. And then he has testicles. It's a penis. And then sometimes they have pubic hair. And then in the test cards the where the spam is, Do he was like, he went, da, 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 like this pubic hair. And there's a, there's a testicles that contain the spam. The woman has a vagina. Nah. And then inside the vagina, there's something called a cervix, but it looks like a little penis. And it's like, it's inside. So basically when the male ejaculates, the spam goes in and it went str- like, well, yes. And then he was like, okay, now that we know about sex, to make sure that you're safe, it goes right. So there's also something called AIDS and How STDs. Yeah, he was probably <clears throat> 10-ish. Hey, this is like 2000. And he's like, this is a STD pamphlet <laughs> with genital warts and everything. Yeah. Oh! Nancy Gonorrhea. Oh, to date, I, I can't get rid of the images of seeing like... Le- Yes, about a person, and he was like, "This is what happens when you don't use a condom, 
and AIDS, so you must condomize when the time announced. But it was effective, wasn't it? Very. Very, well, until Shay, but it was effective before then. Yes. Because, yo, to date, I, I have a huge fear because, like, I stuck in my head seeing, yo, and the penis has now burst open because of genital wounds. <laughs> and that was my day. I sometimes overhear because my wife is doing telemedicine in that room over there. <sighs> so sometimes I overhear consultations because I think 80% of her things are sexual Have you laughed, matters. though? Like, found a scenario where it's just, like, something. Because, f- like, I don't think people understand how our minds work. We, we're constantly looking yes. for something funny and not on purpose sometimes. It's just, we just link it together and it's hilarious. So has there ever been a moment where she's with a client and you just burst out because something is just... No, because I'm not supposed to be listening. So most okay. of the time I'm not. But sometimes I accidentally hear something. Yeah. But I, I do have an example uh-huh. of something that happened. We were in Woolworths together. Uh-huh. And one of the... I think I might have told the story before on the podcast. But basically one of the... I think it was a person in the bakery recognized her and as a doctor, Dr. Rabinowitz, uh-huh. and said, Dr. Rabinowitz, can I just ask you about this, uh, about something in this room with you? What? No. <laughs> um, I've got a yellowish discharge coming from you know where. And this is in Willie's. And we're just trying to get a chicken, the rotisserie. Can we just have a chicken? And she wants to tell us about a custard slice. Oof. So this is what you need to do. While you're at it, can we have two portions of that? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh. Oh. Please ask another question that's away from this. <laughs> well, you're in Cape Town to uh, produce an album. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your latest album. She's still asking. <laughs> Custard will never be the same for me again. It won't. Ultramel Alice. <laughs> Alice. Even the shirt. Do you know, Ultramel, for me, (coughs) it used to before this conversation. (laughs) Used to be a delightful product. (laughs) But also associated with great pain because um, one of my first jobs in 94, I got a job. (laughs) Was it this color or more yellow? (laughs) You see what I mean? That's exactly where my question is right now. I'm wondering about tinges as well now. Oh, Lord. Uh, no, no, it's not going to... Um, so I worked as a river guide. A river guide? When I say worked, I don't think I was paid. It was kind of like open mic for river guiding. Okay. <laughs> they called us huntlingers. So we, we, we were just like assistant guides. Mm-hmm. And my very first day... Hunt what? Huntlinger. 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 Huntlinger is like, just like an assistant. Huntlinger. Is that not hand longer? Um, <laughs> maybe. See, this is why Afrikaans sometimes is just unreasonable in the way it formats itself. Yeah. Why would you call candy floss spoke awesome? Or like, this is the one that screws with me the most. Fabric, material. <laughs> Fabrique, factory. factory. Do you know what... Um, what in the hell is material then? But do you know in Dutch, because Afrikaans, a lot of Afrikaans is from Dutch. Yeah. The word 
for fab for factory in Afrikaans fabriek mm. but in in Dutch it's fokkerij <laughs> you see what I mean so like my friend uh, how do I take you seriously no, no, I'm serious my my friend um, has just gone to Holland mm-hmm. Eureka to work in a fish factory a fish fokkerij oh this he is delightful he worked in a chicken factory he worked yeah, in a yeah. kippy fokkerij <laughs> During the act of summer, we can prove that we're going This is lavish, 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 lavish. That's why I can't. I can't. For me, Afrikaans is too confusing sometimes. I feel the language is just. I don't think Afrikaans knows itself, like what it means. The worst. Like, can you say this in Afrikaans for me? Go through the expensive animal door. Gaan dier die dier. Deer, dieren, dier. Gaan dier, 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 dier. You said? Gaan dier, 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 dier. That's great. I can't figure out the dier, 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 dier. That's so great. I can't figure it out. When did you come up with that? Huh? I was speaking to my lady and I was like, okay, what's expensive? I couldn't even... She's like, dear, okay, what's a door? Dear, I was like, okay, what's an animal? Dear, I was like, no, man, what's to go through? And dear, I was like, okay. I was like, now say, go through the expensive animal door. And I forgot. <laughs> you can't even hear the terms with me. It just sounds like a like foreign Nigerian smile language. when you talk in Africa. Just say another sentence with that. In Afrikaans. Expression where you smile. Just quickly, you know, I can't speak Afrikaans without putting on an accent. Really? Yes, because in, in Afrikaans, yes, they told us, yeah, me, say what Afrikaans put out. Is that how you, you yes. talk Rian Kraybach in Afrikaans? I, exactly. That's the only way I can speak Afrikaans. Because if I try to speak normally, it's, it's, I can't even formulate the word. It sounds wrong. Yeah. And I found out only last year that the G sound in Afrikaans is and not Really? I've been pronouncing G as Give us an example. For 29 years. Give me one. Hit me up. Like I've been going groen instead of groen. 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 I can't even do it because I've never That sounds like you have spork awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I've been going groen. Goeie mora. Just going. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. How are you pronouncing? And I, I had to do a voiceover for an ad in Afrikaans because I lied as well on my CV. Really? How many languages can you speak? Three. Seven. Zulu, English, Afrikaans. Then they're like, What is the word for Afrikaans in Zulu? What is Ispulu? Zulu. Yeah. Ispunu. Ispunu. Yeah. Mm. Ispunu. Dude, they gave me the voice over in a country studio. And I'm seeing words. And you know Afrikaans is not a joke when you're reading it. The words just did this for me. They just... <laughs> I was like, yay! <laughs> I should not have lied. But here we are now. And they're like, okay, Sne, um, just read from the top. Rai gold. Yo, I couldn't even get to the next word. I, I just could read Rai Because the next word was long. And I was like, I can't even break this down. At what point did you say, did you tell them you lied? I didn't have to say it. Oh, it no, was no. very apparent at this very. point. They were just... Um, okay, we'll, we'll just get someone to come do. Yeah. 
Now we're wondering, is the pay the same? <laughs> are we are we good? Yeah. Not again. I've removed I did that um thing. I I did I think it was my very first like online corporate of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And um they decided they were so anxious they wanted to pre-record things. But obviously it looked terrible. It was in here and you know, I wasn't connecting with no. the audience and whatever. And so eventually they just said, um, no, we're not, um, actually, we just, we, uh, <clears throat> we're going to do something else. <laughs> Entirely. <laughs> Never too well. <laughs> On the rear, it's a rehearsal. Yeah. Day before. Yeah. And we, we've agreed. And yeah. So you hear... Oh, by the way, so I was on the first trip of the, in case you were wondering, which you weren't. But some of you might be like, well, what happened to Nick when he was a handlanger on the Breda River? Oh, yes. Um, so on the very first day, rapid number one, going down the river with the clients. Mm-hmm. And I had like, I don't know, packed all the table and the thing and the bright stuff all on my boat. I was ready to go. I fancied myself as a bit of an outdoors guy. And on the very first rapid, it was a narrow chute with rocks on either side. And the, the river went through them, fast moving through them. Yeah. And they, the lead guy that said to everybody, okay, mate, guys, make sure that your paddle's up here. Hey, when you go down, you make sure your paddle's up here. And I was so busy looking at the thing that my paddle just stayed there. And then it hmm. hit the rocks on either side. And, and it broke this tooth in half. And, uh, and they were like, well, we, uh, we can't go back now. You try to paddle that upstream. <laughs> Here's a bottle of Ultramel. Drank a bottle of Ultramel. Why? I don't know. I think they thought I was in shock or the sugar would <laughs> help. So didn't help. Well, there's a lot of sugar content. You hear, uh, what is Milan, Milan saying? I forgive you for not following me on Instagram. <laughs> you are rude. Collectively, a gemeenskap. Collectively, commerce, commune, communication. Are you wanting to, to pronounce the word communionskap? No, Connection. I'm interested in the fact that the word communionskap means everything from community to sex. Oh, what? Communionskap, wow. collectively, commerce, Intimacy. commune, communication, Intercourse. communion, <laughs> community. What? Society. I'm. Uh, Society. Yeah, once it. Intercourse. Are you being for real? Yeah. Well, but you need the big gemeenskap doen. Coming together. That's what it's actually means simultaneous uh, orgasm. This is Coming fantastic. Together. Gemeenskap. You see this one I'm going to use. Baby, do you like to gemeenskap? Mm, just a quick second. Are you going to take a screenshot of this? No, no, no. I'm mm. sending a... Hey, my love. Just want to ask quickly. Do you want to gemeenskap tonight? Hmm. Can you send that same message uh, to Musi Maimane for his birthday? Hi Musi, I hope you're doing very, very well. You know, truly, as a party, we need to do very well. And as a party, we need to Khamienskap. In the great words of Musi Maimane, happy birthday. Khamienskap today, Musi. Um, Musi, how is Helen Zilla doing? How, how oh. is the relationship between the two of you? You did Helen, didn't you? Oh. I didn't, but sometimes I would do it for fun. Because Hel- Hel- well, she was here, right? I don't know. Oh, I sound like hard, an old right? grandpa. Oh, Nicola did, Helen. Yeah, she did. Yeah. But we, we love you, Musi. 
even though so you just sidestepped that but good good yeah. good work very diplomatic okay yeah. you want to finish that birthday message Happy birthday, Mosi. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mosi. I hope that you celebrate and it is right and it's the right birthday for you. And also, fuck Helen. Not physically, but excluded from In life. In a kind of way. Yes, exactly. Also, can you say, pay back my money? <laughs> Touchy subjects. <laughs> Touchy subjects. Um, so you are here in Cape Town. You haven't been to Cape Town for many months. Mm, I, was, well, I was here in December oh, you in that second but I want to talk about what you're here to, to do because I started seeing these things emerge on social media mm. where you were getting people to send you voice notes yeah. and then turning those voice notes into tracks yes. and I thought that's fun, I'm going to record a, a voice note, my daughter was having a tantrum at the time <laughs> and we sent you a voice note of Sophie saying Dada I want to watch because she wanted to watch TV and we only let her watch on the weekend. Yeah, please let me watch. And you turned it into this. Please can we watch? Mm. And you did you? I don't think we did. You didn't let her watch. I don't think so. That's why she starts screaming. <laughs> I think you cut out some of the screaming. Mm. I mean what you did was amazing though. And what you do people's voice notes it's lots of fun man and and this thing has started to gain momentum how many voice notes are you getting now every week oh i hope it's an impressive number not like four no no i get a couple new with with each video that comes out so right now i'm close to 30 that i haven't done yet and then left another five in my whatsapp and how many have you done so far Oh, I don't even know. Probably 20-something, because there's some that also haven't And this takes um, time. I'm, a what's long the average time. one take to produce? Uh, four to six hours. Just because it's, I'm going, what do I do with this? And I need to come up with the chord progression, each section of the song, and then also I sing to mix and master my own stuff as well. Right. And have but, you ever thought of, I mean, at some point you're going to have to get somebody to assist you with... Yeah, putting this together, and I just wanted to say that that Milan is available if you need. <laughs> do 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 you know what you are? As as mean as uh, the Afrikaans mean to say, in Afrikaans is the devil, because you are here to just create wounds. I'm just I'm just I'm just playing. <laughs> um, but now but now are you selling this? Are you selling this idea to a sponsor? What 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 is happening? You're creating an album from these voices. Yeah, which is such a cool. Has anybody done anything like that ever? <laughs> It hasn't been done yet, um, thank goodness, but I just need to stay on it because I want to sell it to a corporate company of some sort. But the whole vision behind this, man, was to... I found that lockdown, because it started last year. I started making tracks with household items at first, and then it went to voice Music notes. is everywhere. Um, well, that's the recent link now. Right. Um, but it was just to connect with people also, and I found that we're so disconnected as well now. It's even worse during lockdown that how can we give back to the regular person that will never be seen? Um, and that's like a huge passion of mine is just to give someone a voice who we don't know. Mm. Um, so this regular person who feels like what they're sending in is useless gets made into something beautiful. Which and sometimes it's others. not useless. I've seen some which are like people who can sing. Yeah, which is which is great. Because even now it's growing to bigger things because I'm taking those and as they become bigger songs and so when someone sees this video, they they get touched in a certain way that brightens up their day. 
And obviously that spreads on and on to whoever they move on to. And so with this next step of taking to the album, where I'm now introducing artists that people don't know in terms of musicians who have been given a limelight or given an opportunity to really perform on a big stage or have an album mm. and combine them to one album. And then next year we put them on stage as well to go, these are the people that right. you guys haven't heard about, but you should know about. And this is also the company you just started. Yeah, Ball. HD. Entertainment. HD Entertainment. Yes. Hess and Lala, Natasha's surname and mine. Aha. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just, we create stuff and our whole tagline is that we create content that you want and also you don't want. We're not too precious about it failing. We're about creating it. That is so cool. And what I love is giving people opportunities because what happens in the entertainment industry, and people don't really tell you this when you come in, Mm -hmm. is that you're going to do things and achieve things. And particularly the things you achieve on your own ultimately won't be that fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Well, partly, I'd say partly. Some are, but... I mean, when they're, when they're it's nice. done as a collective, but it's a, a lot more yeah. yeah, it's a lot, lot, lot bigger, a lot bigger. It's like, what's that saying? If you to be rich, invest in your community. And it's like, I'm serious about it. Because it's like the same. The whole purpose of the in mindset is that looking at the process and systems of the world, I'm going to try to change the system to change the system that's working for us. And to create a completely new system that allows people to do better. And in order for me to do that, I need the people's help. So I need to invest in the people so we can create the system that doesn't use the messed up system so we can continue um, together. Say more about your vision for a system that works. A system works. It's a system that's governed by the people and not Are we talking in the like entertainment industry in general? Entertainment, just in country and world, even entertainment. It's like the, the channels that exist are, are not for the people even though the people consume it and keep it alive. Yes. So we need to create a new system that doesn't use the current system. So right. the thing so is what, also, I, what, f- what I'm hearing is the current system benefits the, the, the people with the capital, the money, yes. or the investors. The few, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The few. And also you have to sell yourself, man, in order to, to make it. It's like if you're making a new product or a new show or a new album, Whatever company you sign to, they own exclusive rights and they own your work. They own your identity. And I'm going, that's not right. I'm not saying I don't want to make you money. I'm just going, don't extort me in the process. You know, I think that's very important. And as you're saying, we don't know this about the industry. So you, all you know is the glamour and we don't know the truth of the struggles and, and such things like making a song and putting on Spotify and realizing you're going to make 0.001 per play. Mm. And you're going, 0.001, at what point do I start earning? So it means I literally have to spend so much more capital just to get this streamed. By the time it gets to that number, I've already lost that amount of money mm. anyway. So it's, it's very, very difficult. And I think that's why it's a beautiful time now in this transition to digital. It's just that we need to be open to it and be ready to experiment and work with it. Or else we're going to fall apart. But most importantly, not to follow the processes and the images of the West and the East. Mm. Because it doesn't work for us, clearly, as we've been seeing for the past. Yes. We're constantly trying to catch up, but we are ahead if we stay in our own lane. Yeah. Yeah. We're still trying to be American all the entire time. It's not working for us. It's not working well, I was at all. explaining this to my kids and they hadn't thought of, I said, have you noticed the accents of the people singing in the radio, on the radio when we drive to school in the morning? Mm. And so they were like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, it's just so embedded. Yeah, that, that they hadn't 
contemplate it. And I was like, no, well, if you want to be successful, you, this is the way the system is set up. You better sing in an American accent. Mm. And then a week later, Carl Wastey phoned me to say, Nick, we're doing this mystery singer competition. We'd like you to sing. And they were like, Dad, did you sing in your own accent? And I was like, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then they would recognize me. Late. But it's, you know, actually, because you said it, and I just brought a thought to mind, is that even with with my boy, I've had to, I had to produce three songs for him in Vinak so he can learn Zulu. And I had to literally sing each part in Zulu like a kiddie song. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. I had to put in right arm in, but in Vinak so that he can learn what an arm is and I had to play that to him every single day because of how much English and stuff he hears everywhere. I had to adjust it. So it's like we really need to change everything that we hear. Did you say head, shoulders, knees and toes? Mm-hmm. What, how does the lyric go in Sisulu? Oh, we kept it at the same. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, but then when it got to the arms, we go, Ingalo, yes, ingale. Ingale, so good. Just listen to this. That is my child shouting. They all do. No, they don't. In Hitler. They don't shout. It's Kosa. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Because we don't have enough of that, man. And that stuff helps out just to... But act, man. Just once in a while. Once in a while. Once in a while. It'll be nice. But that's once a week. I'm like, why are they not doing that every single day? Mm. What is going on? It's 2021. Well, I guess it's, you know, once again, what, what profits the world right now? You can't say that Kosa and Zulu is profiting the world currently. You won't hear America going, you know, we didn't invest in that well, Zulu. I mean, that Zulu is, uh, is booming all over the if world. If we're using that argument, <laughs> Snare, we, we should be recording three tracks in Mandarin. Yo, I nearly mocked it and I, I paused just at the right time going, I don't think it's a good idea to... to <laughs> I was about to take a break. You know, that I, and I have to admit this publicly, but when I was at Varsity, I, I made the mistake of choosing a business degree because mm-hmm. I thought no, that's what you have to do to make money. And they made us do maths and stats, and I wasn't numerically oriented, let's say. Yeah. So the first year, I just I couldn't understand anything. I was in these big lectures. I was with somebody who grasped that was my buddy. Mm-hmm. I just got it and I, I just I couldn't and I was getting 32% average at the final exam mm-hmm. I looked around and I decided to choose the most intelligent looking Chinese guy <laughs> to sit next to me. Mm-hmm. and I, I literally copied the entire paper maths and stats mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can't tell you what the probabilities are of copying an entire maths and stats paper and still failing but <laughs> But that's what happened, and, and it was worse because we both failed. And the moral of that story is don't racially profile someone you're about to copy from because that Chinese guy turned out to be Taiwanese. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I'm just saying, think about the three Zulu songs. And I, I, I went with you, hey, I, I followed, I followed. For me, it feels like Afrikaans class right now. Did I ever tell you, Nick, what? of what happened in my Afrikaans class? What happened in your One Afrikaans of my biggest class? wound is we were being tell orientated. Me. I was in, I think I was 14. This is grade eight. 
in Ladysmith, Mnambit. So we're going to a new high school. We're getting oriented with each different teacher and the whole school. It's now the end of the day. It's been a long day. I was tired, Nick. And, I was tired. And at this point, what point do you go? Is this the Model C school? I wouldn't say it was a Model C. But it was an English-speaking medium school? Or what was yeah, it? It, was a, it was a high school. Yeah, just an English and Did you go from Afrikaans. a place of like mm, having no English to English? Or did you grow up with English? Uh, well, my parents spoke English to me, but it was from, I'd say from grade naught, started speaking English. Yeah, around about there. But in high school, man, the first time, that's when like my Afrikaans was really, really bad. And we had a teacher called Mrs. Van Veik, who was the most intense Afrikaans teacher in the school. Like everybody knew, don't, don't screw with Mrs. Van Veik. And she was very OCD. So we're there last lesson, I'm tired. And she's busy giving us orientation and she's laying down the rules to set the tone. And I, I yawn. And then she looks at me, oh. stops. Yeah, and she of. rushes to me and like literally right in front of my face. And she screams, in my class. I had no damn clue what hop meant. Now I'm like, this is a 50-50. It's a yes or no answer because it feels like I need to say yes or no. So I'm like, let's gamble. Mm, yeah, she backed away slowly and she just stayed me down. And then the moment she turned away, I called my friends like, Darren, what does help me? And he's like, you're. I was like, oh, I gave the right answer. He's like, because if I had said, yeah, Mifro, what, where would I be today? With someone shouting here in my face, in my class. And I go, yeah, Mifro. Because as we knew, it would not work out. Because I just feel like also systems in high school, they need to be. If we're gonna I'm more interested in whether you said or khap. I didn't even say it at all at that time. I just went, yeah, Mifro. Oh, when I was tiring. Well, when you told the story now, you definitely said, I said But then I went, Hap. What is Hap? <laughs> I spoke Afrikaans. I want to know a few things, a few questions I ask. Oh, by the way, we still haven't come up with the name of this podcast. You haven't come up with a name? Yeah. For the podcast? Yeah. What do you think we should call this podcast? Hmm. What shall we call this podcast? locked up in lockdown it's very know. april 2020 locked up and like we're still in it oh oh call it what's happening with you because you give an update of what's happening with you right now and then you go this is what's happening with me so what's happening with you that will always lead you to a question i'd call it that you feel very, you look like you're unconvinced. <laughs> like, mm, this feels like the other show you were trying to name. <laughs> I have named quite a lot of shows, but I, I honestly don't know what... To call the podcast. To call this podcast. But then what are you trying to achieve with the podcast? Well, so far it's been comedians and one or two people who are no longer comedians, like Marianne Tom. I mean, stand-up comedians. Okay. And Snare as well. And now you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what do you want people to feel with the podcast? What do you want the message to come across as? Well, I think partly it's a little bit about 
the evolution of comedy in South Africa and showcasing people who are great comedians, not necessarily stand-ups, because mm-hmm. no one is limited to that. And maybe we'll have... To recognize that voice now. Mm, I edited it. it sounds beautiful. <laughs> well, call it next up, because if you're saying you want to showcase... The, the sound of what stand-up does to snare. Yeah, it does. No, I think. Speaking of which, can you remember like some of your most painful gigs you've done? Every day, they never leave. Every you. day. Oh, oh, you mean not every? Well, not every day, day. but like it's. I want to know like the most painful you think ones. Of your top top one or two. Hmm. Um. <laughs> I don't know why one was not a gig, but one's like a church thing. It wasn't a gig. It was just unrelated. That memory sticks with me forever. But were you like a church? Did you have a role in the church? Yes, I was a youth pastor. Yeah, another one. I was a youth pastor for. Do you know how many comics years? started out as youth pastors? Hmm. Who else? Ebenezer Debawane. Ebenezer. Um, Nkonzo. Yes, Tats. Yes, Tats definitely. Mark Rotring. <laughs> it just continues. Church. So you're there. Church. Hillsong. Making your comedians today. Which was it Hillsong? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even saying it was his, his people. So, so you Me were... Me and Taz were with his people. His people. Mm. Right. And you were... Tell us about if we'd met Snare, the past. Yo, if you, if you met Snare in the past, we'd definitely be in a prayer circle right now. What would we be praying... How would you pray for me? R- how would I be praying for you? Yeah. Right now... I mean, I'm not... I'd, well, I'd be doing something called prophesying around about now. What would you pray prophesy? I'd be praying and going, Lord, speak to me about... Uh, future for Nick what what can I reveal to him and then go um, Nick I feel the Lord saying to me that you you have just get into um, it now you, I want you, you have, to feel it feel it you have feel it. you have there's a brother in your life there's a brother um, not family there's a brother someone close to you and I feel God saying to you that your your, your bond is is tighter than you think ignore all the the positive feel of, of the negativity and doubting. This this is a person for you right now, life. Invest as a brother for you and you can chat to each other and they'll help build you up. Um, they just pray for... Okay. God, just pray what should I do now. about um, being Jewish? Repent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is... It's like, it's crazy. It's like, I, I, I often say, I don't, I don't want people to feel bad. I'm like, okay, if you believe, you believe, it's up to you. I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to make you feel bad about it. Um, but when I look back at my life, I go, hectic, I was deep inside. Yeah. We used to do this thing called treasure hunting, um, where you take a piece of paper and you write down... Go hunt for people who need to be saved? Um, yeah, possibly. Or yeah. there's a message for them. So you write the shirt... What, what would your message color? for Milan be? What well, I don't know. First, we, I'd have to go, we sit down and we pray and then we go, okay, what is it? Then we have to go shirt color. So we say shirt first, we go color, type of shirt. Pants, the color. Shoes, what color type of shoes? Well, right? you're not dressing and then, then What's going on? No, that, that's the person we're going to go look for. We write oh. it down. And oh, then we go location, we go Constantia. Um, okay, cool. And then we go Constantia and we go, what's the message? The message is, don't give up. Your fortune is around the corner. Everything you've been working for is about to happen. Keep pushing. And then we walk out and we go look for that person. Then you find someone, there's someone with a red shirt with blue pants, as a jeans and then white. There's a white shoes. And then you go tell them the message. 
And the interesting thing is, when I look back now, is that it's not that the message was accurate, it's just that we're all looking for a message to apply to ourselves. And when you hear a message, you look and find something within your life to go, ah, that's where it links. Not saying that you guys are wrong in terms of believing, but for myself, that's where it is. That's what I used to do as a pastor, youth pastor. And so, uh, what is the gig? Was the oh what was the gig the worst memory? Yeah. Oh Lord, uh, the worst was we were in East London, and this was like I think it was a revival that was happening, and <laughs> it was deep within praise and worship, and the pastor's like, "Is there anybody here who?" Who's a praise singer? We need someone to just come praising here at the front. This is in, not in, traditional praising, or is it? This is more Hillsong praise. Wait. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a praise singer. Ah. I'm like, I was like, ah, I'm in the spirit right now. I'm a praise singer. Thinking it's praise and worship. What he's right. talking about. Right. Got to the front. People are like, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Grab the mic. As soon as I get on top, I'm saying stage like I'm <laughs> I get on the worship stage. And then I grabbed the mic and I look out. Music, everyone stopped, it's quiet, was looking at me. And at that moment, I click that he means like a praise singer in Vanek. To go like, all that vibe. Yep. And then as I get that, I click, oh shit, that's what he was talking about. Now it's quiet and I'm going, mm. so I just go, Let's sing that song of praise one more time uh, unto the Lord. Uh, <laughs> they start playing a, a song, a worship song. And as we're singing, I pass this microphone and exit swiftly. <laughs> Realizing that this is not what he was talking about. But now everyone, they see me walk off and they're like, that's, the, that's my bomb for me. They will always what stick is your with best, me. What is your worst stand-up bomb? My worst stand up was Rob von Ferrin's gig at the City Hall. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it accurately. Cape Town City Hall. Cape Town City Hall. I just come from the comedy club, Cape Town Comedy Club. Did great. And then I was overconfident. Went into the room. I was doing a 30 minutes. Was this the thing with Martin Evans? Uh, were they doing yeah. Pants on Fire? Uh huh. Yeah. And they're like, fantastic comic, new guy, you're going to love him. He's so great. Build it up, get on stage. Bumped for 20 minutes. Absolute silence for 20 minutes. They were leaving. There was one guy, my brother at the front, I'll never forget his face. Don't know his name. Indian man. They're giving me the polite. <laughs> so polite. Held it together. 20 minutes, pure death. And then I was like, you know, screw it. Let's just do gag. Music one. Got a bit of laughter there and exited swiftly. And Where left. did you feel like exiting to? <laughs> if there was a nothingness I could go into, that's what I wish I would go to. Because also... What would be an example of a nothingness? A nothingness. Like, for example, Pretoria? <laughs> I would say... <laughs> oof, that's still not to nothingness yet. <laughs> I don't know. The void. Just, just being swallowed up by the... A place that no... A black hole. Not even a place that no one wants to go to. Just if there was a door where I could just an enter and just like a Rick and Morty kind of situation. Mm -hmm. That kind of I would I wanted that. And what was this? There was no backstage. I had to walk back through the audience crowd too. Oh. So it's uh, it's a long walk. 
And you know, people also don't want to look at you when it's a bum. They walk past and then they say, he was bad, hey, he was bad. But I said, just stay as well for the pay. <laughs> the doors and, are closed. We haven't done that on this uh, on the video version of this podcast, but of course, Gino Fernandez from the local circuit made it famous about being paid. He would pay you, oh. he'd come up to you, oh, and yes. he would awkwardly it was, like, put the cash in your. It was drug. It was like drugs. <laughs> it was like the drug handshake yeah. when you're grabbing your weed. You're like. It's okay to just hand me the money because we understand, but she knows. What does now, it feel like when you get that money and you've bombed? <laughs> it, feel, it feels like whatever I did worked. You know what I mean? Like I bombed like I did it on purpose. Uh, That's what it feels like right. for me when it goes and I bombed. I made those people feel like that. <laughs> on purpose. You know what I mean? I came here to do that today. We normally ask a question, what bit financed your career? I don't think I'm going to do that question with you. Finance my career? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I know what bits financed my career. Tell me. My, well, currently now, I'd say my biggest bit now is speaking about going back to school. Um, that uh, in English, I don't use a lot of adjectives to describe things. As a black person, I'm used to sounding words. So my teachers said to me, um, good morning class, welcome back for the holiday. So before we begin with the syllabus, I need you all to write me an essay about your holiday. Okay, right? So just get a few examples from everybody. Okay, Snee, um, your holiday was worse? Fill in the gap, dot, dot. Your holiday was? And I went, um, um, my holiday was nice. She'd go, nice is not a word. You need a descriptive word. So for example, my holiday was exciting. My holiday was exhilarating. My holiday was unfulfilling. You come from a location we don't know. It's probably like that. So for me, what I'm used to as a person of color is we use sounds and gesture to describe things. So if I say to you, hey, Nick, my holiday. <laughs> I've said nothing, but you know exactly uh-huh. what I meant. Uh-huh. That's my biggest pain gag right my now. My holiday was... <laughs> Exactly. None of us know what it means, but we get it. I'm going to re-ask that question because it sounded rude. What bit financed your career? <laughs> rude. <laughs> well, I said I'm not going to ask you that question. Um, also, I sometimes ask people about their genealogy, like their family history and stuff. Do you know, mm. have you ever looked into how far back you can trace, I mean, like, you know, do you go back to like Dengane or to find out all like the secrets? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, if I'm actually a family back somewhere along the line. That I don't think so. But You'll never know. You'll never know. Because this nose of mine is deceiving. Where do you? No one in my family has this nose. Do you ever fantasize about where your nose came from? I, I, this is okay. This is like a, a confession moment, but yeah. it's making me question right now. <gasps> My dad's brother is the only person in my entire family that has his nose. My dad doesn't have this nose. My mom doesn't have this okay, nose. But my you grand, can. My grandpa. And then I met him. And the entire family went, Hi, Mo. There's that nose. There's. Look, he, hey, come. There's that nose. And I'm meeting him and I'm going, Hey, what in the fuck is going on here? 
we're the only ones. And I looked at my dad and I was like, hmm? It's like, let's not ask this question, but it plagues me. Sometimes, no, no, quick no, question. No. Sorry, sorry, this is unrelated. Do you sometimes feel like, kind of like the True Man show, I have these weird thoughts. Do you feel like sometimes that your mom, for all this time, has been paying people to be your friends? It's a, it's a hectic thought, isn't well, it? Well, I had, do you know what? I did have this thought about my mom. Not uh, that she was paying my friends. Yeah. We'll come back to my thought. But what was your, like you started thinking your mom. No, I just that. had one day, I was like, what if my parents had been paying people to actually just to stay in my life? Because just socially, I, sure. I'm just so inept. Wow. Do you know what I thought regarding this yeah. question? So during lockdown, my mom had a burglary and mm-hmm. she was she was actually, it was very traumatic. She was tied to the chair. Serious? Yeah. Shit. It was like a knife point. They, they were, as she managed to hop on the chair to the phone and somehow phone us. Fuck. And um, it was a hard lockdown. We were level five. Level five of lockdown. Yeah. So we were keeping her away from the kids. She wasn't allowed in the house when she came to visit she, from the gate. Remember that whole thing? Yeah. So now it's in the middle of that. People are walking around with, it's like, this is like midnight, 11 o'clock at night or something. We get there, there's a whole police crime scene. It's like, and I get there, she's still taped to the chair in the middle of the road because they got her, ADT got her out and they caught one guy in the house. It was like hectic. But she's still. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, and then the, her drunk neighbor was going, Jen, you are a legend. But like really close to her face, and I'm like, COVID. And then the, her arch nemesis neighbor is like, is she all right? I don't know. She probably doesn't want to see me right now, but is she okay? And I'm like, no, she's not okay. Will she have to move? Probably. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, she came here, right? To our house, she didn't, couldn't stay at her house. Yeah, she was traumatized, and um, so we had to like make a room for her. And Deb, like, you know, made it beautiful and there was candles and whatever, whatever. And then, as I was going to put her to bed, and then I went to bed, and then I thought, what if this is all staged and she's hired <laughs> crisis actors so she can move in with her grandchildren? That's what I thought. It is, it is messed up, but I would it think the same up. thing. <laughs> I would generally think the same. Well played, mother. Well played. And come in the morning and go, so what's the next chapter holding for us to do? It's messed up, but I think I would generally think the same thing. Because I'd start, I'd probably start investigating. Yeah. So what did you hear? You heard? So you didn't hear anything. Strange. So how many men was it? Three men. Strange. Well, she said there was two and they only caught one and they couldn't find the other one, but they caught one inside. I'm like, where did the other one go? Hmm, mother. (laughs) Two to one. (laughs) Would you ever say this to her though? Well, I've been thinking about how do I say it on stage because I want to talk about this whole incident. Because also what happened was she lives between two churches. So the Anglican church guy came out, Father Tabang, he swims in. <laughs> and on the other side is the Dutch Reformed Church. 
and and Duomini Daniel came walking up the road. He looked like the Grim Reaper carrying a hockey stick. I saw this guy walking over with a hockey stick. Is everything all right? Is Jenny, is you all right? And I, it fell to me to introduce the two to priests. <laughs> I was like, uh, Father Tabang, this is Duomini Daniel. Hello. Avisiate. No, he's the... So I want to do the whole bit, but um, oh, it's, it's no, no, like, tabang. So it's still a bit traumatic like for for, for you or for her. And then also the bit that I want to add at the end is where my wife creates this beautiful room for my mom. She's lit candles. She even put a picture of my dad in there, um, my you know deceased father. It was like my mom was just like, thank you so much. And then I want Debbie to like walk with me to the kitchen, say goodnight to my mom, and then say. How many nights? What's the plan? Mm. Mm. What if you back it up before that? Before lockdown? Yeah. There's something that she wants. But I don't know if I can say that and my mom's watching and... Eh? No, you can. Can I? If there's something that, if there's something that your mom wants at home. She wants? Like yeah. What? Like, say Debbie makes the most incredible milk tart. You say, no, mom, you know, this is not good for you. But I saw the last slice in the fridge. Can I just... Are we saving this for next week? Can I just no? And then she came every day and no, and then devised this whole plan All to right. get the milk tart. The milk tart. Because I think it was. I don't think it's something that needs to be set up straight after each other. Set up way in advance. Continue. We've story. lost our audience though, so I don't think it's going to work because they're both on their phones now, and it's not just because they're Gen Z. <clears throat> I think it's a great gag. Hmm. I need to work on it. It's, but as long as, like, obviously, there's permission from your mom or to be more. My favorite part was when the policewoman said to her, Can you describe the suspect? <laughs> and my mother said, He was a um, man of color. <laughs> well, there's a question. <laughs> man of color? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Man of, man of, man of color. <laughs> Um, my thing is what kills me you say that as the cops get there as well what? they're busy dealing with this whole situation and your mom is still tied to the chair yeah that is messed up but hilarious I know in the middle of the road she was literally on the double line in I the know, middle of the road that's what I'm saying they're there they've caught the guy that's terrible <laughs> so wrong but so good it's good that she's still We'll be with you now, man, but just hold on. But you, you realize how brutalized the, the whole system is because my mom said she, she lost she lost it a bit in the when she had to give the description of the thing and she said, ah, where's he now? And I said, no, we took him down to the south. I hope you remove all of his fingernails and toenails. And then the policewoman said, no, don't worry about that. We, someone did the first coat already. The first coat. Yes, it's like painting. <laughs> Go look on your carpet when you get inside, now you're going to see teeth. Please tell me you're screwing with me. No. You see, this is why I'll never steal stuff. And that's the moral of today's episode. Because I'm small. And there are many big people out there. It's not like that. It's, it's, uh, it's time to wrap this up on that awkward night. <laughs> Let's um, wrap it up. <laughs> like you to. 
Um, mm. I'd like to, you know, podcasts often ask people to share a message. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss will say something like, if you could put a message on a billboard out there for the listeners or whatever. But if you could just, um, I'd like you to leave a message for one particular listener. And if you could just, if you could just uh, make a shout out to Milan, who has been yeah. traumatized from, for, I don't know how long it is now, the fact that you didn't follow him on Instagram. I think it's or been, you didn't call him back about that it's, I think track. It's been 13 months yeah. and going now. Could you want to just. Yeah. Um, just to, this is a quick message, shout out to Milan. I want to leave you with a wise words of a, a TikToker, actually, um, incredible words. Um, he said the following It takes three wipes to realize you only needed two. Mm. It's profound, isn't it? I don't think so. When you take a poo, it, sometimes... Yes, I understand. Sometimes it takes three wipes to realize that you need it too. Yeah, but... You can never take two wipes and realize that you need two this, wipes. Uh, tell me how this applies to you, you know? Applies to Milan? Yeah. Milan, you understand. That's why it's a message for you. I don't think it does, because I'm looking at it. Milan, you'll figure this out with many dictionaries and foreign languages and speaking to many... You, Call me. We'll chat it through. We'll do a cell group and we'll, we'll chat it through. I don't know what it means, but we'll figure it out. Sned, what I want to say to you is that I know that, that, that you will go from strength to strength with your new company. I think what you're doing is just beautiful in so many different ways. And I hope that South Africa can rapidly discover the just immense beautiful talents that you have. May there be many more eco-millions, not necessarily in the stand-up uh, genre, but I look forward to many more of your creative works being out there, out there, so that people uh, can be inspired by you. It'll happen. It'll happen. Thank you. Uh-huh. Florence? Uba. What's your mom saying again? <laughs> Most definitely not. My mom's name is not Florence. What Woo! Samgeli Siwe. Samgeli Siwe. Yes. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering how to pronounce Sne, can you just tell people, because people, especially Caucasians, have an issue with pronunciation of your name. Sne. Don't overthink it. Sne. Sne. Yes. Like your What was your she. What was your Afrikaans teacher's name in latest man? Van Dijk. Van Dijk. Yeah, Van Dijk. Van Dijk. Van Dijk. I, mm. I once met a woman in London at a ballet class with my niece. By the name of Van Dijk. And she said, we, you know, we were originally from South Africa. And I said, oh, well, what is your, what's your name? Pippa. And I mean, like, what's your surname? And she said, Van Wyck. And I said, this fucking Van Dijk is the name. <laughs> and she said she no longer talks to me <laughs> understandably so sne the swiss sne me the ear me the copy me the copy that's how you pronounce it net the ear yeah but it's, I know it's not but the pronunciation is like yeah. as if it had the copy that with the a sound say ah yes sne that's sne. true mm. seneliso Lala. Lala. Beautiful. Oh, let me just wrap up the show. Thank you for uh, tuning in um, to 
this podcast that uh, what were we going to call it? I still say you should call it not where are you now also what's up with you what's happening with you what's up what's happening with you yeah what's happening with you or what's up with you how is your mental health is that the tagline <laughs> no that's the name of the podcast <laughs> I was gonna go no uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode that was me talking to Snare Dadla somebody I hadn't seen since before the pandemic and someone who's very close to my heart um, I actually produced the show for him many years ago in uh, in Cape Town and it was I think one of the most joyful experiences of my career Maybe one of the first shows second shows I produced out of two <laughs> and uh Ah, if you haven't discovered his extraordinary talent already, please go and look him up. Snedladla. Search for him on iTunes or Instagram or TikTok or wherever you get your things because, mark my words, one day uh, this man will be a household name. Yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed to have him in our midst. And we've come to the end of season one my friends of driving to Pretoria I can't quite believe that I've created a podcast I want to say a big shout out to my millennials um, the technical team behind this uh, Milan Randall and his cousin Sitle Makosi Mkosi God I sound like a Karen is it Makosi Sitle Makosi <laughs> Milan and Sichle, you guys have, have been awesome and they have just shepherded me into this space, which I feel very grateful for. And big shout out to all my guests who came and sat down with me. Uh, so most of these conversations were recorded when we were still a little bit worried about COVID. And uh, just appreciated being with all of them and being with you, dear listener. I don't know. If anyone's listening, I, I have received notes from people as far afield as Mowbray in Cape Town to say they're listening. But please uh, send us a note um, with any feedback that you might have. I don't, I don't know where do they send the note, Milan? Email it to info at nickrabinovitz.co.za and <laughs> see if that goes anywhere. I think it does. I do I do think I get that email. And that would be interesting to read. Yeah. Season two. I don't know when it's gonna come out, but I, I think in a few months we will we'll have a new stock of, of interviews. And uh, and then we'll be together again. In the meantime, be kind to yourself and uh, you know, go out there and connect with your soul. Leave your body for a bit. I find it very rewarding to um do some astral traveling i'll see you next time on driving to patoy